Welcome to the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest poultry nutrition research digested for you. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Carry. Proven on the farm, trusted on the plate. Carry is where technology is made. Cargill works with poultry producers to drive customer profitability by being a leader in applied nutrition. Anatox, partnering with the world's food producers to develop and deliver innovative programs to efficiently produce safer food. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast. I'm here, Kelly Walmsley. Today, I'm joined by Matthew Jones, not to be confused with the Matthew Jones from Breaking Bad, right? We've got Dr. Matthew Jones, who is the Director of Nutrition and Veterinarian at Southern Poultry Research Group. Hey, Matthew, thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So really interesting, you know, sometimes you have homes divided, right? When people go to two different schools and, um, or two different professions, we've got a lot of people, I know somebody that's, you know, around in Georgia there, that's a veterinarian and a nutrition, uh, nutritionist, but you don't often see somebody who is a veterinarian and a nutritionist. Um, there are some out there, but you're one of those. So how is that in battling internally? Yeah, yeah. I, I tell people a lot that I see the world very gray. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a very black or white world that I live in. Um, but I always win the arguments and I always lose the arguments no matter what. <laughs> I love it. So your background is you're at, you, you graduated. Um, all your degrees are from University of Georgia, right? That's correct. Yes, I, I went to University of Georgia for, for undergrad um, and then transitioned into graduate school for a short period and then went to vet school, did graduate school over the summers and then finished up my graduate program after vet school. Um, I can't imagine that, but um, <laughs> more power to you for sure. Um, so what are your kind of thoughts and, you know, tying that into the research that you do? Um, with a lot of challenge work, a lot of formulations, um, what are some of the things that you see and some of the um, areas that you're most interested in and you think are, um, are, are something that we need to be aware of? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start by backing out just a little bit and talking about like the types of, of challenges that we work with and, and then maybe like what a baseline diet would look like for us. So, so as far as the challenges that we do, probably 40 to 50% of them are going to be enteric models. So that's either going to be Imeria challenges, whether it's uh, acerulina, Maxima, Tonella, or a combination thereof, and uh, necrotic enteritis. So adding uh, clostridium perfringens to that Imeria component. And then the next largest category of studies that we do is, is food safety. So Salmonella and Campylobacter, uh, maybe just say 30%. And then the remainder are um, other challenge models that are a little bit less uh, popular at the moment. So Enterococcus is becoming more and more popular recently. Uh, pastoral multocida, uh, E. coli, avian pathogenic E. coli. Uh, and, and then beyond that would be more performance-specific um, type studies. And so... For the most part, when I formulate, um, I'm trying to make 
the diets as applicable as possible so that when they do a challenge model, if it's successful and they want to go speak to an integrator about it, then their integrator doesn't look at the diet and say, that's completely different from what we might use. And so, so really I'm just trying to stay as middle ground as, as possible so that it's, it's as applicable to as many people as possible. But, um, you know, just like you're saying, there's so many interactions between nutrition and host and disease. And so we get a lot of questions about how, um, the diets that we're using are interacting, uh, with those challenges. And so, um, we do on occasion look at our diets and, and compare them with alternatives to see how they might interact with, with our challenges. And we also look at the challenges in some cases and how they interact with, with nutrition. Um, so, a, a specific example of that, if, if you're interested in, in, um, maybe a, a Campylobacter, um, example, probably a year and a half ago, two years ago, we did a study with low and high crude protein diets. And, and by low and high crude protein diets, what I did is I formulated with methionine and lysine as my synthetic amino acids for one diet, which ended up being about 24% crude protein. And then the other diet... And we're talking, sorry to interrupt you, but we're talking about the starter phase, right? Yes, that's, that is correct. It, it was a short uh, study, 28-day study in this case. Um, um, but the, the starter diet was uh, 24% crude protein in one case. And then in the other diet, I added as many synthetics um, as possible. And so that one ended up being about 18% crude protein. Just to back up a, a moment, kind of the premise for, for looking at this was we know that certain bacteria require different substrate to grow. So, you know, if we were growing Campylobacter in the laboratory, we're going to use a specific media to help grow it. And so really the, the thought process is what kind of media are we feeding to that bird to help the Campylobacter grow in this case? I like that. I really like that. That's cool. Yeah. I like that analogy. So, so we have these two groups. We gavage them with Campylobacter at 14 days. Usually we see in the field birds go positive around 14 days, which is why we did that. Orally gavage them at, at 14 days, and then we looked in the CICA for uh, CFU, colony forming units per gram, on seven days and 14 days post-challenge. And what we found was that in both groups, they colonized at about uh, eight logs, so 10 to the 8 CFU per gram of CICA in both the low and high crude protein diets at both time points. Um, and so... In this case, we didn't see any any differences, um, not to say that there couldn't be um, further down the road if we were to take these diets um, to the grower finisher phases. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So um, is that something that you all might be looking into, taking that into a further, any that research any further to look at differences? Yeah, so... We will definitely continue looking at differences. It's kind of a personal interest of mine to see how nutrition and disease might interact with one another. Now, the, the next direction we might take it may be more on the mineral side or it might be on the electrolyte side even um, to see how differences on, on that metric might change Campylobacter colonization. Um, but, you know, also looking at... Uh, at uh, 
necrotic enteritis and, and nymeria challenges and how different dietary manipulation might, might influence those challenges as well. What is one of the biggest challenges in kind of formulating some of the formulating diets and looking at um, disease research? Yeah. So that's uh, in, in my specific context. Um, one of the challenges that I have is, is keeping it as, as basal as possible and and in doing so, there's a couple reasons, but but we typically don't use alternative. We don't use DDGS. We don't use meat and bone meal. It's corn, soy, and then the the miners. Um, and that does, for in my instance, have certain challenges because I um, I agree with uh, Dr. Sam Rochel's, um presentation a while back on on soybean meal and its interaction with the the uh, gastrointestinal tract uh, there's definitely an interaction there and if you exceed a certain limit um, I think it starts to feed into these models to some extent uh, and so so in my specific context I try to to set limitations on that so it's a little bit of a balance on that side of um, you know there's other um, things that influence models, uh, specifically challenge models, but I don't typically manipulate them. So just kind of to name a few would be, uh, calcium can cause changes to our, especially necrotic enteritis models, um, and non-starch polysaccharide containing enzymes. Um, so wheat, barley, rye, there are people that utilize those as their challenge model or part of their challenge models. Whereas we use uh, protozoal imeria to really incite our, our necrotic enteritis. Um, but, uh, but yeah, those definitely can be manipulated to change that, that challenge. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I um, I appreciate your response and, um, and your time today. And, uh, I guess if we are, you know, kind of wrapping up, but what's something that you want to kind of leave everybody with? Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. To kind of close in the same way you opened, there are, multitude of interactions between the host disease and nutrition. And I think that we really need to, to dive deeper into all of these categories. Um, because as we were talking about earlier, there's a lot to understand about mineral interactions, um, as well as, as, uh, dietary electrolyte balance in these given models. And I think that they could be influencing the outcomes. And so really, I guess to wrap this up, um, nutrition can and needs to be a part of an overall holistic health program for, for every, uh, broiler or layer producer out there. (laughs) Yeah. The 2023 Arkansas Nutrition Conference Technical Symposium is brought to you by Carrie. Proven on the farm, trusted on the plate. Let our technologies help make your production goals a reality. Learn from the experts how carbohydrates improve nutrient utilization. 
Gut health technologies differ by type. Innovative ways to feed and a novel technology that will light your performance on fire. See us August 29th in Little Rock. Well, I have one more question for you, um, Matthew. So since we are on the poultry nutrition black belt, uh, Jackie Chan or Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate your time and um, it's been great catching up with you. And I look forward to seeing you here soon at some meetings and, um, and looking at what else you've got going on. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. And if you have a poultry nutrition related research trial and would like to come on the show and talk about it and share it with us, feel free to email the research link, uh, the paper where we can find it or the abstract to hello at wisenetics.com. That's hello at wisenetics.com. And I look forward to hearing from you.